What's up, IBT family? Tonight, we look ahead to the 2024 rookie class and tell you what the top players could mean for your Dynasty Fantasy Football team. This and more on tonight's In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check your stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the jet sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves. Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is November 28th, 2023, and yes, we are three quarters of the way through the NFL season. So we thought. What better way to spend the evening than talk about the next crop of rookies coming into the league? I am Seth Wilcox, still a jaded Penn State fan. Fuck Michigan. Fuck Ohio State. And I am joined by a guy who is possibly staying warm in an attic in Texas tonight, eating grass-fed steaks with all the cash he's been rolling in in the college basketball season. Eric Romoff. Eric, what's up tonight, man? How are we doing post-Thanksgiving? Man, can confirm staying warm, nice and toasty in my attic. And uh, no no grass-fed steaks tonight, but might be on the <laughs> menu soon. That sounds that sounds pretty good. Those uh those college basketball streets have been lucrative. Good week in DFS on, on the NFL side. So we're uh we're riding high heading into week 13. There you go, man. Well, appreciate you being here. And guys, unfortunately, our usual planned guest, he got the flu. Uh, so we called up the only two guys who would answer and want to talk about rookies five months ahead of the NFL draft. They're the leaders of the shitheads, founders of South Harmon Fantasy Football, Mike and Adam. Boys, thanks for uh, answering the call literally an hour before we went live tonight. How are we doing? Doing well, man. I, I will say uh, both fuck Ohio State and fuck Michigan I can get behind right now and okay. all, I, because that's true um as an Ohio State fan I also think it's it's also true the uh you know it is unfortunate that we're here to be the guest um <laughs> we're not the primary guest but listen we're all you got right now so we'll take it here, here we are we're ready to talk we're ready to talk the 2024 the 2025 class anytime we'll talk dynasty till we're blue in the face there that's we all go. we do man that's all we do and go Hawks go Hawks uh <laughs> You know, between uh, all the Big Ten fans in here, I'm the only one who's got a team in the championship game. It's weird. It's weird. Now we're yeah, gonna let's, see what, <laughs> let's see what Kurt Ferentz has to say after getting his ass kicked here yeah. by Michigan. Hey, whatever it is, bet the over, though, because it's going to be like 56 <laughs> oh, I was going to bet the under, my guy. No, no, no. Your bet Hawks the over. have been crushing the under. No, Didn't it drop like 23 points last week, finally? Yeah. Whatever it is, it's going to be like 50-something Michigan to six. <laughs> Yeah, maybe eight. Maybe we'll get a safety. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Michigan will go over by themselves. But 
Uh, you, had, you had to call in the, the righty, right? A little reliever action? Yes, sir. <laughs> Got it. You didn't just get one. I don't think it's illegal to have two relief pitchers, but it's fine. We can roll with it. It's football. Baseball don't make sense anyways. <laughs> There we go. We appreciate you guys being with us tonight. How's the season been over there at South Harmon Fantasy Football? What's new for the shitheads? Oh, it's been uh, it's been wild, man. The shitheads are doing well. Fantasy's going well. Dynasty's going well. Uh, but I am kind of in that season. I know it says the, uh, yeah. the way too early rookie ranks. I always get this, like, I want the season to be here, and all of a sudden it's here, and then you kind of get in the middle of the grind, and you go, Fuck, I can't wait till it's rookie season. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. I want some combine. I want some underwear Olympics. I want to see some dudes run some four threes. Let's go. Yeah, I think the, the way too early is, I guess it kind of fits right now because a lot of people that are just uh, very much in their leagues are going to be thinking right now, I want to go win a title in about a month. Yeah. Right? But, you know, we, we always talk about eh, whether it benefits us or not, We that could be debated. But let's be a step ahead. Uh, let, let's, let's know 24 beforehand. Let's know 25 beforehand. Um, unfortunately we were looking at one of our, you know, shitheads, um, portfolio doing the trade show earlier today and it wasn't the greatest of, uh, we can just tell you it was a lot of RIPs on these teams, but (laughs) it happens sometimes, you know? And this is a great time as you guys kind of alluded to, because we're primarily a redraft show here, but this is kind of the time where you're getting the itch even in redraft. You might have a couple dynasty leagues and you just want to look ahead because there's not a lot to do right now. Trade deadlines have kind of passed. That was our last week's episode, getting you guys ready for that. We can still add some waiver wire targets. We're going to do that. And in the scope later in the show, we're going to take your questions from the forum. So let us know in the chat how we can help you or have head over to fantasyfootballadvice.com and let us know over there how we can uh, best assist you. So uh, we're going to go over Jeff Bell's rookie dynasty rankings. He provided those for us graciously before he got the flu. And then, uh, and then we're going to go over with Eric and Kyle, our Christmas special rankings. So uh, let's go ahead, guys. Let's jump into this in just a second. Um, Kyle, how are we sounding tonight in the back end? Audio producer extraordinaire. And are you ready for some fucking Christmas specials rankings tonight? Hell yeah, I'm ready for Christmas special rankings. All I do all year is wait to talk about what I think about Christmas television specials. That's how I spend January through November. So you are stepping into a gauntlet. I'm letting you know that right now. I, I will say it's one of the last things we talked about Saturday before you left the house. You know, a couple beers were going on, some other things going around the fire. And I remember we walk inside and, and it was the end of the Grinch, the new Grinch. And Kyle's talking shit on that. He's talking shit on the Jim Carrey Grinch. So that's kind of what brought up that conversation. I thought we'd roll that into uh, the end of Rave Rookie Review tonight. So just be ready for that, Kyle. Be ready, man. You should be ready. You're the one. You all need to be ready. Whoa. Kyle (laughs) stays ready. (laughs) He's ready to go. Uh, shout out to the IBT family in the chat as well tonight. We appreciate you guys. Looks like we got some shitheads coming over. Fizzle Dollars, let's go. What's up, man? Good to see you. Uh, we got Joey Cheese Stick, LFG, Albert. Good evening, IBT. Good evening to you, Albert. We appreciate you, man, as always. Joey's saying, Mike, first half Iowa, 0.5, going to be a sweat. You getting down on that with our boy Joey? Uh, I might bet the under on that one. <laughs> I might bet the under on the half a point. That was so good for a sweat. <laughs> oh, guys, let's go ahead. Let's jump it in, into it here uh, with Rave Rookie Reviews.
I just gotta say with that drop, thank God for Senior Bowl just like non copywriting the shit out of all out of all their footage. <laughs> I have no idea why there's so much free Senior Bowl footage out there. You can't find these guys in college. You can't get them in the pros. But listen, you need some Senior Bowl footage, Eric. You know where to go, man. Yeah, man. Senior Senior Bowl is doing it for the culture, right? Just get that footage, get it out there, let people use it. Like shout out. They're also. Uh, they're they're pretty gracious with their uh, with their media passes too. You can get there and yeah. cover those rookies pretty easily. M- Mike, we might even be able to get you and Adam down there. I think. Oh, we got to get down there sometime. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been invited. I've I've last year I wanted to go um, down in Alabama. You know, it, listen, being from Ohio, there's not really. I'm not jaded. I'm not going to act like I'm not going to go anywhere in the country. So <laughs> um, you can get me anywhere. So uh, I I want to go to the Reese Senior Bowl at some point, man. We got T-Rock in the chat saying, OMG, I could listen to that transition all day. You know it. Uh, So, guys, we're going to look at Jeff Bell's top 12 Dynasty rookie ranks. And Jeff Bell, for those of you who don't know him, he's with Debbie Royale. He's with Football Guys. He kind of leads their Dynasty unit over there. Very brilliant mind in the space. So, we're going to crack this thing open. We're going to go through his top 14, technically. Um, Let's start with Caleb Williams, though. He's obviously, I, I think, the consensus 101 in Superflex right now. There's a little bit of a debate, maybe. Um, but it's another mobile pocket passer, 2022 Heisman. He won it after transferring from uh, Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. Hasn't had as spectacular of, of, a, of a junior season this year, Mike. But still a guy, I, I think, in many people's eyes, who's a can't-miss prospect. Is he that for you as we head into 2024? His value definitely is. Uh, let me say that. That's not a slight against him, but uh, people are already projecting him as the next Patrick Mahomes, right? Like the next Trevor Lawrence as a prospect, the next Andrew Luck. Like this is the kind of talent that people think they're getting. I'm not going to necessarily disagree with it. I just, uh, for me personally, I think it's a lot closer, and I would personally have Drake May at one over Caleb Williams. I think he does a few Ooh. things a little bit better. Um plays a little bit better within a structure and you see with some of these guys who play out of structure sometimes they struggle they get the wrong type of coach coach doesn't have any tolerance for that shit all of a sudden some of those whispers start to pop up not that not to poke holes in Caleb Williams he's definitely Mm -hmm. a generational type prospect at the quarterback position but I don't think for me it's a slam dunk 101 now for people in dynasty value for sure for sure. Like, if I'm on the clock right now, you told me I had to make the pick, it's Caleb Williams, because then I'm going to okay. see if I can get Drake May plus. <laughs> I like it. Low leverage spot for you. How do we look at this, Adam? If you're in a dynasty start or a dynasty rookie draft right now, how are you preparing this 101 pick? And where do you think Caleb Williams possibly even lands in the draft? We know the Bears probably holding on to that first pick, um, but do they use it on him? Do they trade out again? We, we know what they got last year. Could they get a king's ransom? Yeah, I mean they they definitely could. I think when you when you think about what they got last year, the, Caleb Williams, I think at this point is almost any GM would that needs a quarterback could could get themselves behind trading whatever the hell you got for Bryce Young plus some. So yeah, I think if the, the the beautiful thing for both them and the Cardinals, depending on how it how it finishes, is they have their pick of the litter. Like they could both move on uh the bears a little easier because they haven't paid fields right but i do think the nfl just is so devoid of quarterback options that someone will trade for kyler murray if that was the case i actually kind of i will hope i'm hoping that both teams the bears and the cardinals hold on to the quarterbacks that they have and someone trades into the 101 
or or whatever pick Caleb becomes. I, I just don't want K- to see Caleb Williams, frankly, go to New England. Um, that's <sighs> like the one spot I yeah. don't want to see him go yeah. to. Everywhere else, I'm pretty comfortable. I'll say for me, um, to Mike's point, the the top three. So I, I have a very big tier break, I think, right now at the third spot. I'll include Marvin Harrison Jr. as one of the yep. in values again. He's not a quarterback in Superflex, but – he is going to be probably right there with Jamar Chase in the top three-ish. You know, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, for Fizzle, who's here. Let me make sure. I would have not said it if it wasn't for Fizzle, but we'll <laughs> piece him today. You know, he's going to be in that mix. So I think when you look at the the top three, I, I'm very interested if I have the ability to to get out of 101 and go to 103 if possible, 102 if possible. Like, that's something I think you can definitely get done, and I think the reality is – I'm not going to be unhappy walking away with any one of those three players. Okay. Let's talk about Marvin Harrison Jr., the guy you just brought up here. Maserati Marv. I can say it in my Gus Johnson voice. I, I could hear him say that all day. I love when Gus Johnson rips that out. Um, the back-to-back 1,200-yard seasons, 14 touchdowns for him once again here, Eric. Where does he rank for you among wide receivers day one in the NFL as far as a dynasty lens, lens is concerned? Yeah, I mean, he's he's clearly the uh, far and away the top uh, rookie wide receiver in terms of dynasty rankings, right? Um, you know, looking at the dynasty rankings overall, I mean, I was going to qualify it with depending on where he lands, but realistically, almost regardless of landing spot, he's he's going to be sniffing around the top five pretty quickly, right? Like, he's he's such an incredibly polished prospect. Like, he has everything that you're looking for in terms of his ability to get off the line, to create separation, to win contested catches, right? Like he, he checks so many boxes that, you know, regardless of what offense he falls into, he's immediately going to be their, their top pass catcher and, and really draw some pretty heavy target target volume from day one. All right. I want to play a quick game. I'm just going to throw out a couple names and you guys tell me, would you rather have this wide receiver or the pick that could secure Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, let's start. AJ Brown. Give me, give me Marv. Give me Marv. A little bit safer. Oh, I had to let Mike go there. Uh, it, it's I Marvin know. Harrison Jr. for me. So, um, and you know, he, him being the Eagles fan, I had to make sure he said that first. I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think too, knowing for me anyway that the way the game works in Dynasty is. When when that pick becomes available to have it, like if I if I have the button on him or it's AJ Brown, that whole time of year is just everybody wants youth. So like yeah. that's another reason why I'm saying that. Okay, Eric, where do you stand? Yeah, sweep it right. Um, I I think, I mean, I think that's really there at at the line, right? But you know, when when you're talking about a guy that is going to be turning 27 next year in AJ Brown, right? Like, you know, you can you can do a lot with a you know an incoming stud rookie if you're trying to build up your own roster you want to flip him for pieces right like i mean it, it <laughs> i know i just said i would give him top five and it's, it still feels gross to say out loud but yeah i would, I would go with maserati marv let's go what about fizzle dollar saying cd lamb here guys where are you going on <laughs> this one that's why i had to appease him man put him in the conversation you know just make sure he felt warranted okay. I, th- I think i think he is there though actually i do um but I'll still take Marv. Marv. Any, oh, Eric, Marv. any digression? Marv for you too? I'll digress. Um, but I'm, I'm higher on CD than, than most. Okay. Okay. Jamar Chase, last one. I will still take Jamar Chase. Same. 
<clears throat> and, and honestly, like the I'll just say the CD and um, Marv and Jamar Chase thing comes down to little tiebreakers in the way that the community is going to view. I just know everybody is going to get so far ahead of themselves on Marvin Harrison Jr. that yeah. the only people I'll take straight up ahead of them in Dynasty right now, guaranteed, is uh, locked in Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Just okay. uh, just think about this, though, with Marv. <clears throat> um, he is just as good, if not better, as a prospect than uh, than Jamar Chase, right? We saw one dynamite year from Jamar Chase. Yes. And then COVID happened. We didn't see Jamar Chase. The uh, the fervor wasn't at this level at this time for Jamar Chase before he came out as a you know a rookie and entered the NFL draft. It was a much slower buildup, and the people were like, "Oh yeah, remember that guy was amazing. <laughs> like, we got to go get him." And he started extremely high without that fervor. Marv has already blown through this, and it's only going to keep going up from here. So, when you talk about dynasty values. It's not that I think production-wise. I'm not saying that uh, Marvin Harris is going to be better than CeeDee Lamb or A.J. Brown, mm-hmm. but I always keep the dynasty value in the back of my mind because there's going to become a time and there's going to be a lot more people interested in my uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. share than there would be a CeeDee Lamb or an A.J. Brown because they go, oh, they're old, or one of them's yeah. got Mike McCarthy, and that guy could screw him over next <laughs> week. So uh, when, when I talk about these guys, it's always from a dynasty value lens, and we have so much off-season time where you're able to capitalize on that. I love it. Let's talk about the third player in this pack of three to start off the Dynasty rookie rankings, and it's Drake May. You alluded to him as potentially your QB1, Mike, quarterback out of UNC. He's still only 21 years old. This kind of another mobile pocket passer exploded as a freshman, 400 yards, uh, 34 TDs, but kind of regressed a bit here this season, only 24 touchdowns. But he has some pretty good rushing upside here as well, Mike. Is that why you prefer him over Caleb Williams? And do you think that rushing production can follow him to the NFL? I really loved Sam Howell when he was at USC and a lot of things he did in that offense. And now you're seeing it this year that Sam Howell is actually a pretty damn competent quarterback, right? Like you and I uh, talked about him, Seth, when you were on 4D just a couple weeks ago about how I wanted to buy a lot of Sam Howell and I'm buying into him. Drake May, to me, from the moment he stepped on the field, looked like a 6'4", 230-pound Sam Howell. (laughs) Exactly like it. Just bigger. No size concerns. There's some issues within that offense. You know, people are going to talk about, well, he threw some interceptions. That team as a whole, the offensive line still wasn't very good. His best receiver by far was Devontae Walker, and that guy didn't play for most of the season because the NCAA was on their bullshit. Uh, You saw him have some monster games when Devontae Walker was cleared and came back and just fit right into that offense. I would have loved to be able to see what Drake May could have done with a full season of chemistry with him. Yeah. But uh, this season really didn't give me any more concerns than what you should have already had, what you have with young quarterbacks in general. Landing spot's going to be a big one for him, just like Caleb Williams, uh, somebody who's going to be patient and actually not try to rush him and put too much on him right away. But he's got all the talent in the world. Mobile, can throw, rocket arm, accurate when he wants to be. Decision-making needs to be worked on, but so does it with Caleb Williams. Adam, your thoughts on him and uh, potentially maybe a landing spot like the New England Patriots as uh, reflected here in the chat? Yeah, I think – so with Drake May, uh, I, I'll just say in the vibes I'm getting right now, the, it kind of – it really, really reminds me a lot of from the community anyway um, – of like Justin Herbert. And now I, Mike, Mike's very high on Drake Ooh, May, okay. right? I, I'm, I'm very high on Drake May too. But the reason I say that is 
Mike talked about him at 101, you know, his, his 101 to shake things up. And if you don't know Mike, let me introduce <laughs> you to my friend Mike. He's going to stir the pot often and early. All right. So, <clears throat> but I just want to let you know that the reality is for the dynasty community, I think, well, I, well, I have the tier at three. A lot of people, I feel like they say we're going to get a generational elite quarterback in Caleb. And I also get that in Marvin Harrison Jr. And then Drake May is kind of this like, you know, he could be good, but it's Drake May. You know, it's North Carolina. He's had a bad, bad year. There's a, there's a lot of these excuses or narratives coming into the fold, which really fit the thing for Justin Herbert. And if you remember, Justin Herbert was not in the same tier as Burrow, was not in the same tier yeah. as Tua Tungabailoa. That draft class, he kind of slipped. And I think that the way Drake May plays, the ability he has, and kind of that little bit of – I don't want to truly call it stink because it's not to the level that Herbert had, but – the fact that he's not being discussed really for most people in that same tier is why for me I feel that there's a lot of like this Herbert vibe for just how his dynasty value is. But I also see the, the way that he plays as that way. And we saw Justin Herbert recently run for like 80-some yards in a game. I, I absolutely think Drake May has that ability. I don't think it's something he's going to just you know design runs in this guy that's elite rushing talent. But the upside I think is there to get out of the pocket, to scramble, and to make plays with his legs when they're there. So for me – Drake May's checking all the boxes. So that's, again, why I say 103 for me is where the line is just, like, if I can be in the top three, I think it's monumentally different than the picks four and below. Eric, what do you do if you're in a situation where you have one of these top three picks? Let's say Maserati Marv is off the board, and you already have two great quarterbacks. What do you do? Do you move the pick? Do you hold on to the pick uh, and make that selection for one of these top quarterbacks and just ride that out? Or how how do you dice that up? Yeah, generally I'm I'm right there with Adam, right? Like I want to do everything that I can to move to the 103. So if you know if I'm at the 102 and Marv's off the board, you know I want to move back that one spot and and gather as many assets as I can. After that point, I mean I don't mind sitting on these guys, right? Like this is why we have taxi squads in in Dynasty, right? Like yeah, had the the flexibility that you have. I've got a I've got a couple of Dynasty builds where I've got Fields and Lamar Jackson and C.J. Stroud sitting on my taxi squad, right? Like. You know, the the leverage that I have over the rest of the, the league is immense, right? Because they, they're all so thirsty for quarterbacks, and I'm, I've just got an embarrassment of riches. And you can very much so find yourself in that position by, you know, capturing either of the top two quarterbacks in this year's class. All right, let's look at Brock Bowers, tight end, Georgia. And listen, it did not matter one damn that this guy's senior season in high school, uh, he wasn't allowed to play it because of COVID. This guy came out, he didn't give a fuck, 14 total touchdowns, 882 yards as a freshman, won the John Mackey Award as a sophomore. We know he has has a little bit of an injury history that popped up here uh, this season with Georgia. Tell us about Bowers. How are we feeling about him, Adam, coming into this uh, this next year? Could it be a Kyle Pitt situation where it takes a couple years and you're just frustrated if, if you spend that high capital on him? Yeah, I think so with Brock Bowers, it's interesting. And I think timing is going to be huge because if it was just Kyle Pitts, right? You alluded to him. And Kyle Pitts had an unbelievable rookie season. You remember different offensive situation, Matt Ryan in his last year, right? And then all of a sudden we get Arthur Smith coming over. And you see how monumentally different the scheme is and how much they're using him and how little um, they're really throwing the ball to him at all and how different his value is is now than it was going into the year after he came off this incredible season. Now, people would if it was just that one, I think people would remember that and 
they'd kind of be a little more jaded with Brock Bowers. But now we're coming off this year, guys, where you got Sam Laporta all of a sudden in the mix at tight end one. You got Dalton Kincaid starting slow, but people are starting to see Dalton Kincaid really matter. And I think those two guys in particular getting very high up in the dynasty rankings for tight end is going to bring back this dynasty absolute allure for Brock Bowers. And frankly, for me, the tight end position, so th- this is no knock against Brock Bowers, but the way Dynasty works, and for me, fantasy football and, and the way I'm viewing things, th- you have got to be in an extremely high tight end premium, yeah. two tight end type league at all. And I'm talking extremely. I'm not talking any of these juiced up ones. I'm talking two point tight end premium plus or Ooh. something. Ooh. For me for me to say, like, I, Brock Bowers is worth the 104 spot. And for, for me, I think the reality is, He's going to be in the conversation starting there. 104, 105, 106, dynasty startups, crazy high, fourth, fifth round type stuff. I'm good. I'm not taking him in any of those spots. The only thing is, if I had a player like him, I'm looking to move him in his rookie year. And it's not even that he can't end up being one of the great ones. I'm not going to say he can't. It's just for me, that position is not worth the type of investment that he's going to cost. And the reality is for them to be the elite ones. Sam Laporta made the jump, right? He, he's in the tight end one discussion, but he's not producing like that. You're not paying for his production. He's not producing like Kyle Pitts, like TJ Hawkinson, like uh, Mark Andrews before the injury. So I don't want to sit around and wait on that in Dynasty, if that makes sense. So I'm just I'm going to end up being a, uh, a passer of Brock Bowers, frankly. Eric, this is probably music to your ears because you, you hate to be the guy to overvalue some of these one-off positions, specifically the tight end. Yeah, I mean, say it, say it louder for the people in the back, right? Like, I I, I had a fully loaded uh, dynasty team where I took Dalton Kincaid at the one hundred and nine, and I felt really gross about it. Like, I for for me, you go address tight end when you're in a win now window, right? So, like, if you know if there's some some speculative guys that you want to add, you know, very late in the first into the the second round, fine, right? But one hundred and four, even for a, a guy that looks as promising as Bauer is like just philosophically it's it's hard for me to to get to that place Mike any final thoughts on uh Georgia pride a, a lot with Adam I'm a lot with Adam and okay. uh, this would be a prime spot too like if if we get to draft season and Brock Bowers is a lot of people's consensus 104 right Re- regardless of what the tight end premium is or start two tight ends or anything like that right if you're here in this drumbeat because he got top 15 draft capital or whatever the case may be this is going to be the prime spot where I look at it because this tier for me is so big and there's so many good yeah. players in here where it's like you give me any pick, you know, out to like 108, 109, 110 mm-hmm. with this tier of players and you give me any type of plus on top, like a future second, something like that for me to move back so you can move up to the 104. Good luck with Brock Bowers, my friend. Like no. you take him, you have him, you enjoy the the fruits of rookie tight end them. When even they, if they hit, they probably don't matter. They're not really changing yeah. the game for you in fantasy. So you have fun with that, and then I'll go select one of these awesome wide receivers or this third quarterback in this class or whatever it may be. And, man, that, I'll just say real quick, uh, that, that, that's such a big point and why, for me, it's a tear break at 103. And then 104, like, I don't I don't want people to think that just because the 101, 102, 103 are, are immensely valuable that that mm-hmm. means to write off the rest of the class. Do not do that. This class is pretty damn good at receiver, and there's a lot of them in the back end of the first round, I think, all the way going through. So we can get into some of those other guys too, but it's, it's going to be uh, very interesting. 
100%. We got Hoove in the chat saying Bowers won't go in the top 15. Calling it now. Uh, what's up, Hoove? Good to see you, man. And then we got Tom saying with other great tight end prospects at Georgia, too. Uh, and Fizzle Dolan not feeling Jeff's rank of number four uh, Brock Bowers either. Uh, Koopa Troop is saying hashtag tight ends don't matter. That's what you need to know about Bowers. Too many good wide receivers and quarterbacks. Uh, that'll get that capital. So uh, love the comments, guys. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about some of those elite wide receiver prospects you just mentioned, Adam. Malik Neighbors, wide receiver, LSU, coming in at number five for Jeff. Keon Coleman, FSU, wide receiver, coming in at number six. And then, oh, don't look now. It's Roma Dunes climbing up everyone's draft board out of Washington. Mike, who's your favorite wide receiver in this range? And do you think Jeff got it right that this is the the next tier of wide receivers here? It is, it is, and I'd probably expand it to uh, another two wide receivers that I'd okay. definitely throw in that, but this right now, leading off with Malik Neighbors, no complaints about that. Um, he wouldn't be the next wide receiver for me, but this is, I mean, we are talking razor, razor thin. This comes down to personal preference. It's going to come down to landing spot, you know, how they test at the combine, you know, what you're hearing about him in the pre-draft process. That's going to be real important, but these next three guys that he has listed, no issue with where they're at. Um, it really just comes down to personal preference. Malik Neighbors is amazing. He's had an awesome season. Uh, my personal favorite out of this group would be Keon Coleman. He just okay. has so much damn Des Bryant to his game. Just yeah. so much damn Athletic Des Bryant freak. to it. Athletic freak that returns punts, dangerous in the open field. Now, I, I've said this before, Des was a much better contested catch guy coming out. Bigger, you know, knew how to use his body a little bit better. Keon needs to clean that part of his game up. But I also think Keon's a more polished route runner than Des was when he came out. So there's kind of that trade off. Keon's really awesome. Uh, Roma Dunze is kind of like a Marvin Harrison light. Like, not quite Maserati Marv. Speak it. But pretty close. <laughs> pretty <laughs> damn close. Now, community consensus doesn't vault him into that territory because he plays in Washington. And it's the Pac-12, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're not even going to be a Pac-12 next year. No one cares. Nobody watches the West Coast games. They're on at, you know, 10 p.m. at night. We're all sleeping. So. <laughs> good. But Roma Dunze is really good. good. So if you get a chance, you know, and you get to watch a Pac-12 championship game, watch watch Michael Penix and Roma Dunze, like, go to work in that game because it's, it's something special to watch him play. Good, good, good. More for me and you, you know. More um, for us. Go Will Ferrell on that one. I, 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 I can't wait to watch him play, um, in the bowl game and to get shares of him in Dynasty. For me, I, it's such a clear tier of those three for me. And I, okay, I'm, they're they're up. Mike's going to talk about the two behind, and they're not really that far behind. That's why I talk about this twenty four class being so deep. Um, for me, Ibuka from Ohio State definitely should be considered in the mix here. Um, but I'll say that uh, Romadunze man is. He, he's going to probably end up being the third person in my rankings for this. Uh, I, I really think he has the upside that um, gets into the elite territory the way he plays the game. Eric, right now, I mean, he's moving up all all the NFL draft analyst board, potentially a top five pick now in the draft. Do you think that sticks? If you had to bet the over-under on Rome for the NFL draft, what do you think it would be? I think five's probably a little a little generous. Um, but would you take seven and a half under under seven and a half? Ooh. Um, I was gonna easily take five. Uh I th- I think I think he'll go pick eight or later. So I, I guess that okay. would put me on the on the over, right? Um just you know that that's that's less to do with how he profiles as a prospect and more to do with how 
teams think about building out their rosters through the draft, right? Like it's a very short list of wide receivers who've gone inside the top eight, right? So, um, you know, no, no shade to the Rome. He's a, he's a phenomenal prospect. Like he's, he's one of these guys that, you know, he, he can, he can make a 50, 50 ball, 80, 20 in, in his favor easily. Right. So, you know, him, him being drafted high is certainly not out of the, out of the mix, but, uh, if if you're gonna make me put my put my money down, I think he goes eight or later. Okay. And last question on these wide receivers for you, Adam. Where do you value them in comparison to last year's rookie wide receivers outside of maybe JSN? Um, Hooves kind of saying here in the chat that he thinks these guys compare to last year's. I think they're kind of a tier above, at least as far as prospects wise. Like. I really think Quentin Johnson was a pretty raw prospect coming into it last season. Zay Flowers had his moments, but still had some downfalls. And I think you could say a lot with the other wide receivers in last year's class. Are we feeling better about these guys? Are they a step above for you? I would say um, the reality of this 24 class relative to last year's is, for me, it kind of worded very similar to that. But I would say Marvin Harrison Jr., is in a tier of his own. He's in like that. I would honestly say God tier prospect wise. Like he okay. just is. Um, so you just put him in his own pile. Right. And then you come back and I'd say JSN, like he's probably in the tier. Realistically, the name value might've been a little more with JSN, yeah, yeah. but I think realistically he's kind of in the same tier. I'd put him in that same bucket as neighbors and I'd, and, okay. uh, yeah. and these guys, Keon Coleman. Right. And then I think that, I think the reality was last year's class, you saw some of the receivers get pushed up which aren't necessarily as good as those three or Ibuka even for me. Um, so I, I think that the 24 class both offers more upside and is a little bit deeper, frankly. Okay. And we got Fizzle Dollars saying one of these guys will be in Cincy replacing Higgins. Uh, whoever is may shoot to wide receiver two in this class. Yeah, landing spot I think is really going to matter uh, as you kind of sort out here number two through four of the wide receivers. Let's add a couple more wide receivers to the bunch here. Troy Franklin, wide receiver, Oregon. A little bit more of a slender fella. And then Ameka Abuka. I, I know one of us were uh, clamoring him to be potentially in this tier we just talked about. How do we feel about them are they potential first round draft capital guys in the NFL? I've seen them going anywhere from 15 all the way back to uh, early second round here. Mike, how do you see this one shaking out for Franklin and Abuka? Yeah, those those were the two guys that I kind of hinted at that that should be considered with the uh, with the group above them. Definitely, uh, Abuka can play on the outside, but he he is very very effective in the slot. Like that's the kind of thing that you want to see. And Troy Franklin is a very interesting guy. Right, he he plays with more of that six uh, three like Mike Wallace type mold, mm-hmm. like prime Mike Wallace. If you if you kind of want to consider that, and you're like, man, I don't know how a guy that big is that fast. He I also kind of reminds you a lot of like DJ Chark too, like when he came out, um, but a hell of a lot more productive. <laughs> a lot more productive. His analytics are going to be really good. So uh, both these guys also need to be in consideration. So I have no problem with these in here. I think after that, though, there's there's a tear break, and then there's a couple other wide receivers that we'll get into that need to be in the conversation there for uh, potential mm-hmm. first-round picks as well. Um, I think more of those guys kind of project as early day-two kind of guys, uh, you know, early second-round picks. So yeah, not not the worst case to be, though. Like, those are all very high guys. You know, we're talking about a lot of wide receivers with the potential to go in the top 50 of the NFL draft, which you should be paying attention to. And uh, you're talking about how they could stack up. To me personally, JSN would be in this tier all the way down to Abuka. You know, however you kind of want to split it up, he would slot in there. Okay. All the other wide receivers, though, every one of them, 
uh, Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnston, last year's class, they all slot in behind. They're yeah. all all behind. Agreed. I'm with Mike. And I think, like, you know, the next group of guys, I could see some guys over the next few months definitely shaking this potential, potentially up. Like, uh, I've seen a lot of good stuff um, with moving up the ranks for Brian Thomas Jr. I do like his game. But for me, just right now, when I look at just prospect-wise, what they've done, where they're projecting to go, I think that the line really draws uh, after Troy Franklin and after um, Agbuka as well. Perfect. Let's move on to the quarterbacks here. 10 and 11 in Jeff's rankings. J.J. McCarthy, quarterback Michigan. This is just a guy with a fucking cannon and composure in the pocket. He wasn't at 100% here in the game on Saturday against Ohio State and still was making the right decisions, although they were going very uh, run-heavy, I think, because of that injury. Um, Then Jaden Daniels. This is a guy, he transferred to LSU, had to put up with fucking uh, everything going on at at LSU the last couple couple years, and he's a dual-threat quarterback, 40 passing touchdowns and 1,100 rushing yards uh, last season, 10 touchdowns. Eric, who do you prefer here, the steady arm of McCarthy or – the dual threat capabilities, the Konami code breaker of Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I think, I think in a fantasy context, I would probably lean towards, towards Daniels, right? Like the, the, the Konami code is, is, is exactly right in, in terms of their ability to not only contribute in a meaningful way from a fantasy perspective quickly. Right. But also their, their floor on, on any, any given week, right? Like we've, we've kind of gotten spoiled with how effective, rookie quarterbacks have proven to be over the last handful of years. But the reality is that, you know, for these, you know, more pocket bound um, uh, passers in, in their rookie season, like there's, there's plenty of ups and downs and a lot of cases, more, more downs than anything else. Right. So as, as we kind of get outside of this top tier of quarterback options, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tend to err on the side that can, you know, do a little bit on, on the ground. So that, that has me looking at the, uh, the LSU Tiger. Adam, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I agree. I think for me, <clears throat> it's so hard right now. The way that Mike and I do our leagues is in Dynasty, we do a lot of these pre-NFL draft rookie drafts. Yeah. And yep. so I'll get all excited about guys. And, you know, I think th- th- what I will say about J.J. McCarthy, um, I'll also throw um, Michael Penix into the mix here, Jaden Daniels. These guys right here, I'm going to get excited about more, more so Penix and um, – uh, Daniels, sorry, but the reality is for me with with this pre draft rookie thing, I I don't want to shoot my shot too high on these guys because I don't think any one of them are guaranteed the draft capital that I want to. So in the pre draft process, I think it's just important to know that they're in this mix, and if they get the draft capital, like top fifteen ish, you're talking about guys that are going to go ahead of some of these receivers for sure, yeah. just because of that in superflex, right? But the reality is they all could end up not making the first round. And you see how that goes. I mean, Will Levis even Will Levis, uh, took yeah. a big took a big fall, and he, yeah. he still went early second round and still had a very good game in the NFL in his rookie season. So it's not to say like they're completely dismissed, but their value it will change drastically with draft capital. So I just think it's important to pul- to pulse and understand how much that is going to carry into their dynasty value. Okay. All right. Uh, we got Dave in the chat. What's up, Dave? Good to see you, man. Uh, and then uh, Bargustus saying, how deep we going? We, we said 12 in the in the, uh, the the header today, but we're actually going to go 14. So hang around there for that and, uh, and make sure to hit that like button. We appreciate you, man. Uh, thanks to everyone tuning in live with us as we continue to round this out. 
if you guys are new to the channel, thank you. Uh, easiest way to support us is hit that subscribe button and uh, you can come back and hang out with us again. Uh, let's round it out here with a couple more wide receivers. Adani Mitchell and Xavier Worthy, both out of Texas. Mitchell's kind of that nice size receiver, but also a great separator. Meanwhile, we see a guy like Xavier Worthy, who had a ton of hype coming into this 2023 season, but has kind of fell down the ranks a little bit. There are the weight concerns at 172 pounds and then just some ugly concentration drops. Mike, do you have a preference out of these two? And, and do you think Worthy dropping is justified? I think Worthy would be the one I'd be the most interested in because he okay. has the one thing that you really can't teach, and that's that game-breaking speed, kind of like Jalen Hyatt last year. Now, the drops are a big issue. But you could also see an NFL team falling in love with him. Like I was looking at a mock today that had him going to the Chiefs, you know, at the end of yeah. the first round. Oh, right. Just we're going to do this shit all offseason. <laughs> yeah. And I tell you right now, Xavier, where they ended up in the first round to the Chiefs, people are going to be like salivating. Right. There'll, there'll be people trying to, hey, pump the brakes. He couldn't catch shit in college. Yeah, we get it. But most of the dynasty community mm -hmm. be losing their damn minds. So uh, that'd probably be the one I'm most uh, most interested in. Uh, Adonai Mitchell, I don't know. There's just something about him. He's okay. Like he, for that size and his ability to separate, he should be doing more in my opinion. I just never really, never really got excited. Like more flaccid than anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just watching him play sometimes. Xavier Leggett is a guy that I think should be in this conversation. Like okay. really needs to be in this conversation as well. And if I'm going to go down to Xavier Leggett, keep an eye on Jacob Cowing. Jacob Cowing is going to be Ooh, one of okay. those guys that wows in the pre-draft process. And all of a sudden, you're going to hear that buzz. You're going to hear that buzz. And you look up, and he's a back-end second-round pick, early third-round pick for a team. And that's a dude who could step in and produce right away. So we're far enough down in the wide receiver ranks where I'm, I'm starting to not really care too much. Uh, Leggett and Xavier Worthy are probably the end of the list for me. Everybody else is going to fall after that, and I'm just looking for sleepers or draft capital. Okay, love it. And uh, Bubba saying in the chat, does age for any of these quarterbacks concern you, or is the NFL just starved so much for the position that doesn't matter as much? Does it concern you guys at all? We got twenty twenty or twenty two year old Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels also twenty two. Eric, any any pause at all? No, not at all. Um, right, like in in terms of shelf life, your quarterback is always going to be the longest lasting dynasty asset. Assuming yeah, great that one call. Hits, right. And the the NFL is so starved for viable starting talent at, at this position, right? Like, you know, obviously there's there's going to be haves and have-nots any any given year. But like, you go out there and look at uh, PJ Walker making a start this oh. week, uh, Devito making making multiple <laughs> starts, right? Josh Dobbs It'll being be spry, like a baby. coveted a coveted <laughs> draft or coveted uh, trade deadline asset, right? Like, yeah, that tells you all you need to know about how much value a even just functional NFL quarterback has. So, you know, any of these guys fall in the right spot and hold the job for a while. You know, I don't, I don't care if they come in when they're 22 or 20 or 21. It's fucking crazy. How many backup quarterbacks we're seeing right now, fellas, like put on your bootstraps. Cause we have seen some shitty football as of late. And, I think it's kind of an ec epidemic that's not going to get any better until we change maybe the, the, the fields a little bit more to turf. And I think there's also just a, a little bit of a lack of offensive linemen really outside of a, a top five for a team, maybe if that. And I feel like it leads to more injuries for quarterbacks. So, Mike, any concern for you on, on the quarterback's age here? Because I'm with Eric and I'm not concerned. 
No, I'm not concerned at all. And if you really think about it, too, one thing I wanted to touch on, we listed a couple quarterbacks in Jaden Daniels, who's got a lot of excitement, J.J. McCarthy. But don't forget about Bo Nix. Don't forget about Michael Penix. Bo Nix is an old fucker. That, that guy's been playing college football for, I feel like, almost as long as I was in college. But, but all these guys are entering this time of year with a realistic opportunity to be the QB3 in this class, to be a top 15 pick, to be um, – you know, maybe a surprise like top seven, top five even. You know, some team really mm-hmm. falls in love with them and they take another quarterback. I think the most interesting thing would be it's hard to project how many quarterbacks we're going to get in the first round. And like Adam was talking about earlier, that really determines, you know, whether I'm interested in you in, you in Dynasty, right? What's your draft capital? Did the NFL team take you in the first round or not? Did they take you with a premium pick in the first round? Like those are all the tiebreakers you look at. The biggest thing I have right now is it's so hard to project who that guy's going to be, right? I can tell you flat out right now, if you could tell me J.J. McCarthy was a QB3 of this class and he went in yeah. the top 15 and Jaden Daniels was a QB4 and he went in the top 20, all those wide receivers I talk glowingly about, move every one of them down the wow, list. Wow, really? Okay. Every okay. single okay. one of them. Down. We play in super flex leagues. Quarterbacks yeah. run the world. Run the world. I don't need another wide receiver on my team that's going to fall in that 12 to 32 range. There's a billion of those dudes out there, right? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it doesn't stop at 32. We keep talking about them till it's in the 50s. So I want the quarterbacks because that runs super flex league. So uh, the problem is I can't tell you who that guy's going to be. And right now I have no idea. could be any one of these guys. And there's dudes on this list that we didn't even talk about, right? Like, what if Carson Beck goes on a great run here? He's been playing really well to end the season. He's draft eligible. He goes out and wins the natty. Like has a perfect season. Plays really well. NFL scouts tell him your draft stock's high. You're going to be the third quarterback off the board. Maybe yeah, that's insane. the dude. Right? So just think about that when we're trying to rank these guys. And you're like, how, how there's no quarterbacks above these wide receivers? Because we just really don't know. Some team could hate J.J. McCarthy and he doesn't go in the first round. Hell, he could decide he wants to come back to school. So... We're just kind of in this spot where we really don't know yet who this uh, QB3 is. But I can tell you, once we do have it solidified, and I know that they went in the first round, yeah, they're moving up above a bunch of these wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, to, into the age question, um, it doesn't matter. The NFL starved enough. And I'm, you know, I remember a guy that was almost 30 getting drafted in the first round uh, as a Browns fan. Brandon, Brandon Weeden, so baby. Yeah. <laughs> none of these guys are that. So I'm, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm good. How old was Brandon Weeden? Twenty eight. He, he was twenty eight, going to be twenty nine. He was almost twenty nine when he got drafted. For, for example, I was. I, it was twenty twelve. All right, I just got home from playing college basketball. He was almost thirty and got drafted after I was done playing college at twenty two. So it was insane. It was insane. Oh, good old Brandon Weeden. We got Tyler in the chat saying, "Great stuff tonight, folks. Can't wait for dynasty rookie season. Deep class and seems like with NFL roster movement next season, a lot of opportunity for incoming rookies to hit. Yeah, th- this is going to be a great 2024 class. It's been great to see them on the gridiron in college this, this year as well. Draft prospects. What's up, guys? What's up, man? Thanks for tuning What's in up, tonight. Buddy? We appreciate you. Um, guys, let's go ahead and round it out here with Travion Henderson, running back for oh, Ohio State. And this is interesting because usually running backs are pushed up up fantasy drafts just because we need these guys. There aren't a lot of good ones uh, on our rosters right now. And yet the, the first one in Jeff's ranking comes in at number 14. Do you think Henderson ultimately gets pushed up or another running back like Shipley, Bucky Irving? Are these guys going to make that jump where they're pushing some of these quarterbacks or wide receivers we've talked about down? 
Henderson's kind of a tough case to solve. He's had the injury concerns, but he had that dynamite 2021 freshman season. Are we looking past some of this and glowing about Henderson, uh, Adam? So I would say this, like Travion was a guy for me at that time, 2021. I was just, oh my gosh, I cannot wait for this guy to come out. 2024 classes loaded, Bra- Braylon Allen, all these other I love guys, Allen, yeah. Will Shipley. But there, there's a couple things happening. So one, to the point, like it used to be that running backs would go up. Now, in general, even the old, you know, Mike and I, the old heads, the RB <laughs> truthers, we've learned that uh, one, the production isn't guaranteed. Two, the injuries are higher risk. And three, now the entire community has come around and said, we don't care about this position. So for Mike and I, we play a lot of the leverage game that uh, you guys were talking about earlier, right? And it's like, okay, there's injury risk. They don't If they don't produce early, there's not enough shelf life in Dynasty. And I don't have as, as much flexibility in trading. So the reality for me is that the only way these guys are going to get pushed up into is 100% determined on when they get drafted and probably a little bit of who they're getting drafted by, right? Even we saw this year with Charbonnet, he got drafted to a team that just drafted Kenneth Walker. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, in the second round, we didn't really care, right? So I think the draft capital and when they get drafted is huge and who they're going to. But I think the other thing is, for me, I'm probably not going to mess around with any of these guys in the first round unless there's just something rare because there's too many good receivers in this class that are safer and just as well traded in Dynasty. And I can probably go and find a way to get other running backs elsewhere or later in the draft class. I don't have to have the first one in this class is the other thing. I like Rocket Sanders. I like Braylon Allen. I like Will. There's other guys that I'm comfortable getting. I don't have to get the first running back off the board. Mike, how many actual running backs do you see going in day one or day two of the NFL draft? I, I remember last year at this time, I'm screaming Chase Brown and all these names that just didn't really come to fruition here uh, come April. This is going to be a tough one. Um, how many running backs should go day one? Uh, the answer is zero. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'm not going to put it at 0% because we see NFL teams do stupid shit all the time. Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, they shouldn't have been first-round picks a few years ago, but they were. So it is what it is at that point. I don't think any of these guys are worthy of it. Uh, they're definitely not on the level of Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson, who we saw mm-hmm. go in the first round. Um, early second or mid-second is a clear possibility for some of these guys if they fall in love with them. They are definitely more talented than if you think about uh, Kendra Miller, if you think about Zach Charbonnet, if you think about that kind of group who were day two running backs last year. Yeah. They're they're much more talented. Travion Henderson has some injury concerns. Braylon Allen looks like a walking, spitting nineteen year old image of what Derrick Henry was like coming yeah, out yeah. of college, like a freak show. Who can also coincidentally catch the ball? Rocket Sanders, bad year for him, but he had yep. a lot of hype as of last year. Uh, the size, speed freak. So all these guys are extremely talented. Like Adam said, it's just going to be a matter of where they get drafted. I think day two, early day two, is a possibility for one or two of these guys. And the community probably still won't really care. They they probably still won't. This is the beauty of this class, though. So think about this: if you're a you're picking at the you're picking at the 106, there's going to be a possibility that you walk yourself into a round two running back, like an NFL round two NFL running back that got good draft capital to a decent enough spot, and he's available when you come back on the clock again, the 205 or 206. 
because of all these potential quarterbacks who could go, all these wide receivers that we're going to be talking about, a guy like Brock Bowers who's going to get pushed up. And don't sleep on another Tavis guy. Sanders, the, man. Yeah, yeah, don't sleep on another guy at the tight end position who's going to test like a freak athlete that people are going to start to cream their pants over <laughs> Sanders out of Texas. Yep. So this class is extremely deep. The second round is going to be amazing to have picks in. I know everybody's going to want the first-round picks, but if you can gobble up these second-rounders, like these contender seconds that people just throw around like they're nothing, take them. <laughs> take the 210. It's going to be a decent player. It's going to be a player with some upside. So it's just great, too, that uh, we, we've gotten all the way to 14, and we just bring up the potential first yeah. running back. And then yeah. I'll give you three right after it. You know, right. I don't know who it's going to be. Braylon Allen, Rocket Sanders, uh, Neil. Neil is a hell of a running back out of Kansas. Like, that's a guy that you really should pay attention to. Uh, we get to see a little bit of Ray Davis. Ray Davis Ray has had Davis, some extreme baby. moments yeah. this year. So there's a lot of running backs. Bucky Irving is another guy that you were talking about earlier, too. That's a guy that I really like. Has a little bit of Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, to his game. Right, Just yeah. the way he moves and, and, and operates on the field. So hell of a class. and. It's so weird, Adam. This is the first time we're ever talking. We're getting, uh, you know, pick 14, 15, 16 before we even mention a running back. It is. And and the thing is, all those guys that Mike mentioned, if they were what he said, if they're in the if they're definitely day two and round two, especially picks like people will pay attention. The thing is, outside of probably Travion Henderson, just because of his talent, I don't think he's going to like slide all the way back. But if any one of these guys, let's say, gets drafted in round four, end around four you know like when we start getting the compensation picks and round five people ain't gonna care man so that's the thing about Mm -hmm. them is understand that the names are good understand the how they do in the prospect uh like the combine and all that but if if they miss the high-end pick side it no one's gonna give a shit so that's part of why i think the community as a whole doesn't really care that much about the running back position today okay and I like what you you said about the second round picks kind of being worth potentially a little bit more if you need a running back in this year's upcoming draft. Eric, who are a couple guys you might be potentially selling if you're not a contender? Cortland Sutton kind of comes to mind for me. I don't know what his future in Denver looks like. Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown. I think maybe Marvin Harrison could end up on the Cardinals and that takes his value way down. Are there any other veteran names that come to mind for you, Eric, that maybe we should be uh, shopping around and maybe see if we can't jiggle loose a, a second rounder? Yeah, I mean, some of these names you can probably get more than a second rounder. I guess it depends on the market of your of your dynasty mm-hmm. league, right? But like, I, I I operate with pretty hard and fast rules around age, right? So like, when when a when a running back is is in year is in their age twenty six season, like they need to be off my roster about <laughs> as fast as I can get them off. Yeah. Uh, same thing with uh, with wide receivers at at twenty eight. Sometimes I'll make an exception, push to twenty nine. So I'm not at all afraid of moving on from some of these these older assets right um if you can still get any value for the very old cooper cup smell you later right uh devonta adams uh some of the names that you mentioned right like for for me you know i'm i'm always trying to get into that that peak age range for for these players so you know you you obviously get as much as you can but specifically in this upcoming draft if you're walking away with multiple seconds or you're stacking up a second this year and a second next year for some of these players like take that all day hell yeah we got daniel asking the question of the night for mike any iowa players he should be targeting i'll give you two but i can't tell you for sure if they're going to come out or not because <laughs> okay. they both they both suffered massive injuries like season ending injuries and we're gone um the first one i'll give you is eric all 
uh, the tight end out of Iowa. Imagine that tight end you stand up. Let's go. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to have any eligibility to come back. The, the college eligibility rules anymore confuse the shit out of me. You got dudes coming back for your seventh, eighth year, it feels like. Yeah. You know, they've been in college since I was in college, which was a long time ago. <laughs> um, but if he does come out, uh, has no eligibility remaining, by all means, look at Eric Hall. And uh, surprise, surprise, another tight end, Luke Lachey. Luke Lachey. Uh, okay. I've been on big Luke Lachey since probably about week two. Um, I was a little skeptical that he was going to be the guy. Week two, he was entirety of Iowa's offense right up until he got hurt. Now, the problem with him is I think he'll probably come back. He has eligibility remaining, so he'll probably come back to Iowa and play out another year there. Um, but if I'm wrong and he comes out, pay attention to him. And in your dynasty drafts, instead of being that sucker that takes Brock Bowers at the 104, take yeah. Luke Lachey at yeah. the 304 and thank me later. Uh Sam Laporta, you're welcome for everybody who listened on him last year. Let's go. Let's go. Some free advice there from Mike. Uh, Daniel saying he's in a startup and has no first or seconds uh, after this season. Going to be interesting to see how much it takes to trade back in. It's it, it gets more expensive the more you wait, in my opinion, Daniel. I think that the yeah. more rookie season uh, gets a little more hype behind it, it's going to be tough. Um, guys, we, we have a, a lot more in the show left for you. We're going to talk about our, our top five Christmas specials, then get to your questions in from the form and in the scope. But uh, we are going to first let Mike and Adam go. Guys, thanks so much for blessing us with your time today. How can we best support you, South Harming Fantasy Football, and all the shitheads moving forward, man? Oh, man, just uh, just keep doing what you guys are doing, man. I just like having friends in this space. I'm not going to come on here and promote my own shit, but you want to come check it out, go look at South Harm and stuff or find me on Twitter. It doesn't really matter at Iowa Michael. But uh, that's all I got. I'm not a big promotional guy. I just really appreciate hopping on. This is uh, the second time I think I've been on this show. Uh, a few times I've done uh, stuff with Seth. Eric, you're awesome. Uh, love everything you guys got going on over here. So. <laughs> Uh, even though it was last minute, you know, Adam and I like, fuck it, we'll move some shit around. We got this. <laughs> We're going to come on and hang out with our buddies, man, and talk dynasty football and rookies. So uh, that's the best way to support us is just keep being good, good, good content creators and really good people. Thank Absolutely. You, yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is my second time coming on with these guys, Eric and Seth. It's been fun. Um, I, if you want to support us, you can go check us out, our South Harmon stuff. But um, South Harmon FF, you know, YouTube x uh i guess my atm 40 chest is pretty bad follow <laughs> yeah. so that's why i don't promote it um but yeah you know you want to check our stuff out that's where you do it but yeah keep keep doing what you guys are doing man i love seeing the uh the growth and seeing the show production and, and what you guys are doing so just keep at it man great stuff thank you guys i greatly appreciate it and your guys's friendship is not taking light either man seriously it's been one of the the blessings of my 2022 is getting to meet the guys over at shit so thank you guys so much make sure you guys are opening a new tab on youtube checking out south Harmon fantasy football thank you guys so much and uh we'll catch you soon thank you appreciate you guys we'll uh we'll see you next time we'll have to do this again real soon here and maybe a follow-up uh once we get some more rookie information yes huh? sir well, sure. let's do it let's do it all right we'll Thanks, catch guys. you guys later thank you all right, and Eric, we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna uh, we're gonna bring in Kyle here in a second as well. We're gonna let him get ready. Uh, shout out to the IBM boys, IBT fizzle, but close enough, man. IBM Watson, I think, has IBM trademark, so we can't go there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we can't go IBM, but nonetheless, uh, Kyle, what's up, man? How's the show been from the back end, my my dude? What's up? It's been very good. And fun fact, IBM is. Uh, trademarked it's one of the largest companies in the world 
Uh, just, uh, you know. You uh, should have uh, thought uh, about this. Yeah. Where was the brainstorm session? <laughs> Where was it? Uh, Fizzle saying, my fault, bro. I'm driving. No, dude, no. Don't. You're good. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no. Pay attention to the road, my dude. Uh, Kyle, let's talk about Christmas specials, man, because this all kind of started Saturday night, a couple beers deep, uh, a, a couple joints deep as well, if I if I may add. But um, you were kind of talking shit on, on the Grinch and said that the best Christmas our best Grinch was the Christmas special version. So talk about that and just uh, your love for Christmas specials. Yeah. So the original how the Grinch stole Christmas uh, animated special from, I think what the sixties, maybe early seventies. Yeah. Uh, It is. I mean, I think it's the best Christmas special probably ever. Um, It is all killer. No filler. So, number one, you have to remember, this is based on a children's story. It is based on a picture book written by a guy named Dr. Seuss. This is not Not a real doctor. (laughs) This is not. uh, It's about a green, fuzzy guy that hates Christmas, right? You don't have to get too deep into it. You don't have to really think about it too hard. He doesn't like Christmas. (laughs) uh, it's, It's a fun movie. There's good songs. Then he he likes Christmas and everyone's happy. It's a great arc. Uh, the remakes, they just put too much shit in it. The the Jim Carrey one, I don't care that he got bullied in middle school. I don't. Care I, that I like I like the background. Things. I like building the I character. Re- why? It makes why it more dynamic at the he, end. He he cut his face shaving. What does that add to? Oh, he hates Christmas. I don't know. It, 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 you just learn about him, you know? You, you learn about him, and then at the end, when he makes the turnaround, you feel so happy. It, it, Eric, it, these are your rankings here, Grinch and F everything else. So are, you're also on this 30-minute uh, old cartoon version of the Grinch. Man, Kyle has never been more correct than anything I've heard him utter Get on, out of on here, these airways. Right? Like, the How the Grinch Stole Christmas is the quintessential perfect christmas series movie whatever you want to call it right like in general and this probably makes sense because i love the grinch so much you can kind of miss me on christmas specials like not really a whole lot of appeal wow. for me. those claymation ones kind of freak me out if i'm being honest wow. and therefore like i kind of have to like the grinch soundtrack absolute banger right like soundtrack if is, you're, yeah 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 dude if if you're trying to if you're trying to tear the house down at, at karaoke around the holidays like fire up a, a you're a mean one mr grinch place is gonna go bonkers right like and I, I guess the only place where i deviate with with kyle a little bit the most recent illumination version of how the grinch stole christmas was okay it was probably the closest okay. to the original and they they really they really zoomed in on the dynamic between the Grinch and his dog Max. And dude, I can appreciate like a dog okay. being your day one yeah, ride yeah. ride or die with you yeah. up in the mountains when when you're shut out from from Whoville, right? Like definitely like the like going a little bit deeper there. But I mean, none none of it holds a candle to the OG. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Eric, take us through your other uh, your other here uh, in the rankings, and apparently a couple of these are claymation. So you're already talking shit on some of your your, your ranks. Yeah, I mean, look, like you want to talk about a tear break, and this is this is as big as it gets. Um, Santa Claus is coming to town. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Those are the only claymation ones that I'll stomach, um, mainly because 
Shout out Yukon Cornelius. That guy's my dog. Yukon, yeah. Dude, his kind of looks his like Kyle. Impact, dude, dude, Kyle, you need to you you work out that beard a little bit more, and you're there. That's you're absolutely it. there. All you all you need is a is a sled dog team comprised <laughs> of like the most random assortment of dogs in the world, and and you're you're right there in that world. Um, Santa Claus is coming to town. Like the land of misfit toys was was kind of cool, right? Like I that's, yeah, that's a reference yeah. I use often. And then uh, honorable mention, I guess, Pinky and the Brain. I definitely watched this joint on loop. I have since gone back as an adult <laughs> trying to indoctrinate my children into Pinky and the Brain. And it didn't really hold, it didn't really stand the test of time quite as well as I would hope. So these are the ones that I definitely watch the most. But I mean, it's, it's the Grinch and everybody else. Kyle, your thoughts and your rankings. Uh, yeah. I mean, it pretty much is the Grinch and F everybody else. Um, you got to have, I mean, I especially, I'm the world's biggest Snoopy fan. I don't know if you guys know this about me. No, I wasn't aware. Christmas special. Say more. While not my favorite <laughs> peanut special, is a fantastic Christmas special. Very preachy, but still very fun. Snoopy is the best. Santa Claus is coming to town, and you're without a Santa Claus. Very similar. Both uh, Rankin-Bass stop-motion joints. Uh, fun. You're without a Santa Claus. Heat miser. Cold miser. Great. Underrated, I think. And Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas... That was just the fifth one that I found. Uh, it's it's three stories in one, so you get more bang for your buck, and it's Disney. It's a good I, one to throw on at like four thirty uh, on Christmas when no one's paying attention and like in a food coma. Fair like, that's that's what that Yo. movie's for. <laughs> I've never seen Santa Claus is coming to town. Everyone else has hyped this up. So is that the one about the mailman? Right. It's not about the mailman, but it starts with with the mailman. Yeah, okay. it involves a mailman. It's, yeah, it's about okay. Santa Claus. Seth. Okay, well, you yeah. know, I, uh, Santa yeah. Claus, uh, he's coming to town in this one. <laughs> we got uh, we got Daniel saying Jingle All the Way, Island of Misfit Toys, and a 2025 first rounder for Christmas Special Grinch Contender Superflex 10 Team. I like it. I like it. Get, get I, out of here with that insulting offer. Oh, you better step it up, Daniel. Gonna pry the Grinch away from me. Uh, Tyler saying context is everything, referring back to uh, the the live action Grinch. I'm with you there, Tyler. I'll round us out here uh, w- with a couple of my favorite Christmas specials. First of all, Grandma got ran over by a reindeer is an absolute fucking banger. I don't know why everyone hates this this special. This one is great. There's a lot of subtlety. There's a lot of just greatness with, with it. I, I don't know. I, I, I think overall, like, the country accents fr- from the characters are kind of fun. The twist at the end is great. So I, I love Grandma's Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. Seth, did you just say there's a lot of subtlety? <laughs> yeah. There's like, a lot there's of layers to Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> there is, man. There is. You learn a lot. You learn a lot, you know, later on about the elves and, you know, the workshop. There's a lot going on in this in this one, man. I think it's a full hour, too. So I think you get a little bit more oh. than, you know, some of these half-hour Johns. Bonus. <laughs> it's a half-hour because they really had to cram all that in, huh? Who killed it? Do, do you remember who killed, uh, who killed, or who ran over Grandma? Little reindeer? Uh, the reindeer. 
Same no, that, no, go watch it. I'm not gonna ruin. I'm not gonna spoil it. But yeah, go watch Dang. it. Go learn. Wait, is this like a true crime story? Yeah, like, that's really what I'm saying. With like a grudge. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's literally a true crime. That's why it was everything, man. It was a great. Oh man, I love this. All right, yes. I'll check it out. Yeah, show it to the kids. The kids will like it. Um, and also no, shout out the Drake and what? What's that? So no, they won't. No one's gonna like it. Yeah. You can also, show them the uh, Drake and Josh Christmas special as well. That, that that's kind of a fun one. It, that was like the the most recent Drake and Josh we got. Kyle, give us a break, man. That was like two years after the last episode. We deserved that. That was fun. Why are you showing kids that though? I don't know. They might. Eric, do your kids know what Drake and Josh is? No, no idea. How old are they? They are nine and six. Get them on it, especially the nine-year-old. Get them on it. Show them, show them what's up. They're on Netflix. Man, I'm getting mixed reviews here based on based on the uh, the nonverbal cues from Kyle. <laughs> Kyle doesn't know might anything. Have, I might Kyle have to screen this know. before no, I put I it in like front of my children. I don't know. If, I don't know if kids are gonna like it now. I don't know. I, don't I think know. it still holds up. There's a lot of dumb comedy in it. What I, I what I can say definitively, like I've I've tried I've tried to pass on all of my like. 90s 2000s eras children's tv programming onto my kids the animated ones still slap like they'll lock yeah, into yeah. those and just and just totally power through seasons at a time all of the live action ones they're not here for it they're like i don't want to see real people doing things get out of here give me Bummer. give me an animated cat that's uh also affixed to a dog as the back half of his body <laughs> Bummer. Bummer. There's they're not gonna get to watch Phil the Future, Hannah Montana, like all these good, you know. Yeah, they shame me. Shame me. Miley Cyrus is a clinic. Watch Phil the Future. Phil the Future was a banger too. They're not gonna watch even Stevens. Even Stevens, that was the next one that came up to yeah. Get them come on, Eric. Lizzie McGuire. Eric, you should ban all animated shows. Ban all animated shows. So you've got to go live action here for a week. I'll 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 offer it up, right? But like no. you can you can lead a horse to water. Like those kids are <laughs> off the couch and trying to like wake me up, break something in my house within <laughs> 10 minutes of any live action show I put on the TV. Oh, I love it, guys. Uh Kyle, I appreciate your uh your Christmas special knowledge tonight. And we're gonna go ahead, we're gonna flip over to From the Forum and answer some questions for the good people out there tonight in the IBT family chat. Kyle, we appreciate you and your uh your movie and special knowledge. Thank you. If you're up, stuck, think about what to do here in between. We got advice for you. Back and forth all day, trying to pick the play. Let's hear what the boys here had to say. Presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Network. The Fantasy Football Advice Network. If you guys haven't heard of it yet, I suggest you go over to FantasyFootballAdvice.com. This is a platform that brings together fantasy football creators and fans everywhere. And it combines different platforms like Instagram, Facebook, uh, whether you're into Patreon, all of that stuff into one platform. And... I seriously get great advice on there every week. I think I and other people in the community are giving great advice over there. And uh, just kind of get get over there and, and check it out as soon as you can. It's free to join. And honestly, man, like I don't ask a lot of questions on Twitter. I don't get a lot of people who ask me questions anymore on Twitter, Eric, because there's so much other st- good stuff going on Twitter. But like at the advice forum, it's like straight fantasy football, straight to the point. You can get your answer. So highly suggest that people get over there and check that out. Yeah, com- completely agree, right? Like, 
you know, by all means, if you have questions on Twitter, hit hit any of us up. We're we're happy to answer. Yeah, them, right? yeah, but like for sure. Having having this dedicated place in the in the in the FF advice forum to just go and hammer through start fit questions, rest of season ranking questions, like it's so nice to have it just completely compartmentalized in that way. Yeah, and then you got the league classifieds. You got so many other features on this on this great app. Uh, they have the app. They have also a website desktop uh, version as well. You can check out. So having those different uh, communication efforts with people uh, in the fantasy football community is great to have. So we appreciate them for powering this segment. Here's a question we got uh, from the forum. It is David Njoku or Pat Fryermuth this week and rest of season from our guy Dems here. How are we feeling about it, Eric? I mean, we saw finally Pat Fryermuth. He was my all-in pick this year. Come to fruition only 12 weeks later. Uh, great week for him. How do you feel about him and also uh, our pal Dave Njoku, who's, who's just been putting on clinic lately? Yeah, these are two guys that are right next to each other uh, in terms of this season, in terms of this week's rankings, and right next to each other for rest of season rankings. Um, I'm I'm going to go Pat Fryermuth here. Um, Ooh, wow. oddly enough, if it was, if it was DTR still going in, I would, I would probably give the lean to Njoku just cause yeah. he's, he's pulling a Josh Dobbs. He's just peppering his tight ends with targets. And while PJ Walker isn't shy about doing that as well, he's, he's not at that kind of different pace that we saw with DTR. And also, I mean, you're uh it's only a one game sample. Your, your lures are actually running like a legitimate offense now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, Matt, Matt Canada was out there calling plays, but like none of it was cohesive or logical yeah, or yeah, like yeah. flowed together as like a game plan. Right. And now like you're going through progressions and like you're, you're doing things in like a measured and purposeful way. Right. And like, I mean, that tells you all you need to know about Matt, Matt Canada, that, that that's the standard, but I mean, he's, he's out of the way. And I, I think that it, it does point the arrow up on just about everybody on the Steelers offense. The entire Matt Canada regime, we had no 400-yard games. And I say we because I'm a Steelers fan who's had to sit through this for years. Yes, and first game without him, we go over 400 yards. So I do love Muth. I love the 11 targets, 9 receptions, 120 yards for him. However, I still think there are more mouths to feed in this Pittsburgh offense. We know the running backs are going to be involved. We know Deontay Johnson's going to get his. Hopefully uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't have the best looking uh, play on Sunday, if you know what I mean. And then uh, George Pickens as well. So it's a tougher schedule for me. And like, meanwhile, dude, like Dave Njoku has been a clinic. And I do agree that I would yeah. prefer if it was DTR moving forward. But double digit PPR points in six games straight for Dave Njoku, averaging 9.3 targets in that span. That is kind of propped up by that 115 target game that we saw just a couple weeks ago, Eric. But I just think, it's steadier and it's safer with Njoku. Whoever is at quarterback, whether it's PJ Walker, hopefully it's not footsteps. I, I don't think footsteps would be the upgrade people think he is. Um, so I, I think I would go Njoku. I think we're split on this one, man. I just, for the next five matchups for him are, are plus matchups as well. So I, I like David a lot. Yeah, look, I mean, these these guys are are right next to each other in, in terms of the, the rankings, right? So like... Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's, you know, a, a meaningful difference between the two. Yeah. Um, you know, if if you if you're forcing me to give another tiebreaker, I would much prefer Pat Fryermuth's matchup this week against the Arizona Cardinals, yes. right? Like, yes. You I, can I agree. Absolutely beat them up over the course of over the middle of the field, right? So 
you know, if if that's the tiebreaker that, you know, kind of has you going that way for this week, you know, then you can just as well ride out the rest of the season with with Muth as you can with Njoku, in my mind. I love it. Uh, we got Daniel saying, if I'm st- a new Steelers offensive coordinator, I'm feeding Muth. Hey, they, they love it, man, and I was glad to see it. Um, although I just had to drop Muth, actually, for, from a from a redraft team. I was stashing him and stashing him. I just didn't have the roster spot, and I had drives. Yeah. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, Daniel asking, is Tank Dell the fantasy death of John Mechie? Height, weight, tape seems so, so similar. Eric, you are a residential uh, Houston Texans fan and uh, a content creator over there at uh, High Point. Am I, am I right on the name of that? Yeah, nailed it. Okay, yeah. So, so what do we think about John Mechie here? Is there any hope for him long term? I mean, Tank Dell has taken the league by storm as a rookie. And we still got other emerging guys in this offense, Noah Brown and uh, Nico Collins as well. Yeah, so I, I have to assume this is a, a dynasty question, right? Um, and if, if that's the case, I, I think Mechie is still a hold. Um, you know, the, the Tank Dell is, has absolutely been a revelation for this team, a revelation in, in the league, right? Like one of, if not arguably, the best draft day value in, in the entire NFL draft this year. Um, but he he is but a man, you know. There's there's still there's still two to three other wide receiver spots on this roster to be filled out. You know, while Noah Brown has looked fantastic, like I don't think that he's in the you know the very long term plans for the Houston Texans. You're also going to have Bobby Trees heading out the door before long, right? Like it, obviously Tank Dell is here to stay as far as the the Texans wide receiver core, but mm-hmm. you know that that third or fourth option that that door is still very much so wide open and and Mechie is is a is an open question like he is a you know a high pedigree product out of out of Alabama he brings a lot of talent and a lot of skill set to the field you know if, if he gets the opportunity he he could certainly you know contribute in a you know somewhat meaningful way probably as soon as next year even so he's he's a bit more of a hold but you know mm-hmm. to the the overall point the the ceiling is certainly capped with with Tank Dell right like the hopes that you stash Mechie and he might, you know, figure out a way to become the wide receiver one in Texan and if for the Texans is, you know, are, are, are all but dashed at this point. I'm with you, man. It's been a bummer uh, to, to kind of see how his career has unfolded so far. But um, I like that you're preaching patience, Eric, because that's something um, I don't think I preach enough of sometimes in my analysis. So I, I appreciate you kind of being that that steadfast rock for us on this program. Let's go ahead and round it out tonight, guys. Uh, appreciate the question, Daniel. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight, man. Let's go ahead and round out the show with uh, none other than In the Scope. I have the stars in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. All right, we're not going to go over the mainstream waiver wire options tonight, but you can check them out on the website inbetweenmedia.com. Our waiver wire article already drops, uh, always drops on Monday, so you can check that out. And then we'll also have in the scope the article version this out on Wednesday tomorrow. Uh, so let's start with uh, some more uh, more under the radar characters here this week here heading into week number 13, Eric. These are players you can grab potentially after waivers run or for a zero fab bid. So who are we buying low on uh, the waiver wire streets this week? Yeah, so I've got two. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start with the, the main option, which for me is, is Jalen Guyton. Uh, 2.2% owned. I believe these are Yahoo figures that we're looking at. So 
you know, very much so widely available. And if nothing else, like he is the prime example of the war of attrition that is yeah, yeah. 2023 NFL play, right? Like, you know, there's a chance that he might be the primary wide receiver slash bash guessing option for the Chargers this week, right? Like this core is completely banged up. They've got several guys that um, are already expected to be out, several guys that are looking very questionable. So, you know, by by hook or by crook, like he's going to be out there a lot. Um, in their last two games, week 10 and week 12, he had an 85% route participation rate. He very much so is their downfield option, right? Like his his A dot is far and away the the deepest among the available receivers on the team. Even in that Ravens game, right? There were so many times where you know they were pushing the ball to him down the field, yeah. and it took a spectacular play by the Ravens secondary to keep it from getting into his hands, right? So you know, someone that I I don't think we're going to see many people prioritize because those 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 plays weren't connected, right? They were broken up. So he doesn't have that, you know, that gaudy box score that everyone can seek out from mm. last week. So should be able to get Jalen Guyton on the cheap. And in my uh, my honorable mention, I did this uh, I did this a, a, a few weeks ago with uh, with At Perry popped yeah. up thirty five percent rostered for the New England Patriots. Obviously, no one's going out of their way to get in the New England Patriots business, but. Mm he's kind of similar to Guyton, right? Like he's one of the limited options out there. He's running a ton of routes. He's seeing a fair number of targets per his route run. And the New England Patriots are heading into bye week this week. So ultimately, you can probably get him after waivers run. And whenever whenever you head back into week 14, he'll be a very meaningful depth piece for a playoff run. Pop, baby. A little Pop. Yeah, I, I like both those calls. Jalen Guyton was a, a guy I called out a couple weeks ago as my short thing sleeper of the week. Didn't play in that game. Ended up being banged up with a groin injury. He was back here against the Ravens. And yeah, Kyle Hamilton flying around the fucking field really bumming me out uh, for a yeah. couple of those Jalen Guyton shares that I had uh, rolling into week number uh, 12, specifically in DFS. So yeah, that was a bummer, but still good to see five targets from. So I like the call. I'm going to shift over to two defense slash special teams that I think people should be picking up here as we head to the playoffs. And I know these aren't sexy guys. I, I know that we're at the point where we're really scraping the bomb, the barrel. We're talking about defenses, but this is where you can get ahead for these championship runs. The Colts are my favorite this week. They're at Tennessee and then they go to Cincinnati. Then they're home against Pittsburgh at Atlanta and then against the Raiders to end out the season. And this team, man, like, like the Colts have actually been pretty good. And when you're looking at that schedule, you really, really like it. Three straight games of 12 or more fantasy points. Defense uh, slash special teams number seven on a points per game basis. Six in interceptions, 11th in total turnovers, and six in sacks. Like those are the key metrics for your defense slash special teams. They're going to give up a lot of points. You're going to have to stomach that throughout your game. You don't really want to watch, you know, scoreboard watch with this. But at the end of the day, they're coming through here. Gus Bradley is getting the, these boys, Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed. They're doing a great job in that linebacker core. And uh, the secondary is trash, but I think when you have good linebackers and guys like DeForest Buckner and Quiddy Pay up front, you could do worse. You could do worse in the Colts. So 15.8% rostered. I'd pick them up after waivers run. And then Jacksonville Jaguars, they're a little more heavily rostered. 26.2%, but they're at Cincy and then Cleveland. You got two backup quarterbacks and then Baltimore. That's kind of where you might have to drop them, but then Tampa Bay, Carolina, Tennessee to round it out. 
They're much more middle-of-the-road defense. I don't have a lot of advanced metrics on them other than being top six in turnovers. Um, but consider the Jaguars' uh, defense as well for yourself this week if you're looking for just someone to play this week and, and have down the road. So, Eric, your thoughts on these defenses and defenses in general and their importance as we head down the stretch? Yeah, um, stream them is my thoughts on defenses pretty much at all times. But, you know, that's that's not a hard and fast rule, right? Like you highlighted a couple of teams here that have some very favorable schedules down the stretch run. So, you know, you don't you don't have to cut anyone in any given week if, yeah. you know, the, their, their opponent the following week is is also a plus spot. Um, and I, I, I like the two calls that you made. The thing with the uh, the Jaguars, I might I might prefer them a bit, Ooh. especially if you're in a situation where you might have a first round buy, right? Like if if you can if you can just skip on over that Ravens matchup on December seventeenth, yeah, that's like the thing. this is this is really the prime thing, right? Like you mentioned Jacksonville, you know they they generate turnovers fairly well. They're actually a, a pretty strong run defense overall. Um, and with the uh, with the list of of quarterbacks that you uh, that you ran down a moment ago, you know if they're able to neutralize the run, they can uh, they can probably beat up on those uh, let's call them below average NFL passers um, in on on the other side of the equation, right? So don't mind the don't mind the Jags, don't mind either call, but yeah, for for Jacksonville, working your way around that Ravens matchup is is going to be a must. Great, great call, man. Great call with that for sure. So if you guys are in, in a position where you're the number one or two seed in your league, you got that first round by uh, consider adding Jacksonville. They, they probably would be the preferred one then. Um, and if not Colts, I, I, I think they just, you know, more consistency. And I know you like to stream defenses and I usually do as well, Eric, but I think like there are some benefits to having a consistent defense like a couple weeks ago. I saw that the the Vikings had a stretch where they had Atlanta, the Saints, Denver, Chicago. I picked them up and rode them in about four leagues. It's nice just not to have to worry about it for a couple of weeks, and you yeah. know you have some good matchups on the other side of it. Man, shout out Brian Flores too. Like that that Minnesota Vikings defense is not good from a talented from a talent standpoint, and like he's he's got these guys playing at a respectable level, right? Like most of the first five or six weeks of the season. I was out here just beaten up on this on this Vikings defense, and yeah. and he's he's gotten these boys in order. So tip of the cap, right? Like damn good defensive coordinator. Hope he finds his way into another head coaching opportunity. I agree, man. I agree. Yeah, uh, against Chicago on Monday night, they might have lost the game ultimately, but they won me a fantasy matchup. I, I needed them in a close one. So shout out B Flow, we love you, man. Uh, also love the IBT family. Thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. That was awesome to have. Mike and Adam on over from, from shit earlier in the program. If you guys came over with them, thank you so much. And Kyle, thank you for being in the back end. As always, man, we appreciate you guys. Uh, and Hey, we'll see you on Friday. We, we got a fun show planned for the, the people, Eric. So uh, hopefully every, everyone enjoys the rest of your week and uh, we'll catch you then until then keep it in between.